0: book of Acts, but I need you to walk through this great library that God has given us in His Word and find that single volume. It is the fifth book of our New Testaments after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that tell us all about this Jesus we have been singing about throughout the morning. We will start in just a few moments in Acts chapter 2. Thank you so much for being here. Zach mentioned this is a busy couple of weeks in our church family. Many who are enjoying fall break from school that takes them all over the place. Some of you have been traveling and are back. Some are undoubtedly joining us via live stream. We appreciate your interest in spiritual things this morning. If you're following along with our daily Bible reading schedule, you know that just a couple of days ago we wrapped up this great historical book of Acts. Many of you are studying here in the auditorium with Roger and Shannon on Sunday mornings looking at the first 12 chapters of Acts in an entire quarter. What I would like to do with you this morning, with those two things in mind, or if you're not a part of that class or, or didn't even read along with us is just to fly over this great book of the Bible, taking a 30,000 foot view of news. News that did not simply turn past tense, the world upside down, but news that is continuing to spread. News that is being talked about and reflected upon all over this world. There are saints that have gathered far and wide. Saints, uh, numbers uh, of which we we can't really even begin to, to wrap our minds around. How many brothers and sisters have commemorated this memorial that you and I just Completed a few moments ago, how many songs have been or will be sung throughout this day that we honor as the Lord's Day? How many people will leave assemblies like this, inspired by this news, determined to share this news with someone this week? This is current news. I'd really encourage you to to view what we're about to look at through that lens. We're not going back and studying ancient, dusty, out-of-date, irrelevant news like you might find in some history book. This is news that continues to be spread. News that can turn anyone's life right side up is your Bible open there to the book of Acts Luke is the author of this great book he is writing with Jesus's words in mind that we can see in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 when he tells that original group of Apostles You will be my witnesses. It is going to start in the great city of Jerusalem. It is going to expand beyond that city to the region of Judea. And even beyond where Jews live into the region of Samaria. And Jesus even says to the ends of the earth. That's where... Luke begins in Acts chapter 1. And throughout this great book, he gives us a variety of progress reports. We're going to fly through those very quickly. And so I don't want you to worry about necessarily keeping up with each one of these. But just listen as this book unfolds to what Luke tells us about. It starts in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This news on that day turned Jerusalem upside down. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about Five thousand. the news was continuing to turn lives right side up. In Acts 5, verse 14, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. This news is so disruptive that in Acts 5:28, Jewish authorities call these men who are spreading this news all over their city and saying, listen, we we strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. That encounter, that, that, that stern warning from those authorities didn't stop men and women from sharing The news, Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Persecution arises and yet in the face of persecution you and I can really only Begin to imagine, Acts 12, 24, the word of God increased and multiplied. It headed to the north in chapter 13. The word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. It spreaded to the northwest. The churches were strengthened in the faith. And they increased in numbers daily. In Thessalonica. There were those who said, listen, those men who have turned the world upside down have come here also with this news. Wherever it went, Luke, I I want you to see how he gives us these summaries over and over and over again. The word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily how how was that happening well we can take a single verse like Acts chapter 8 verse 35 we can remove a specific name and we could plug in any variety of names Uh, We can unplug the the specific circumstances, maybe the specific passage of Scripture that was being discussed, and, and throughout the book of Acts we can plug in any number of names and situations, but this is how it was happening. Ordinary men and women opened their mouths and told other people, Good news, good news about a specific, not thing, but a specific person, good news about Jesus. If you've turned away, if you'll go back with me to Acts chapter 2. We'll read verse 23 together in just a few moments. Could I just give us a couple of simple points to reflect on and and allow to sink down into our hearts on this, the Lord's Day, and carry with us out of this building easy points to remember. Listen. Listen. That can turn anyone's life right side up. What is this news? Basic point number one. It informs people of their creator's plan to save mankind. Is your Bible open there to Acts chapter 2 verse 23? Peter is preaching in the city of Jerusalem. He's talking about Jesus in Acts 2.23. How Jesus was, listen to this, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You have a creator. That creator before he said in the very beginning of time, let there be light, had a plan to save mankind. And we hear all over the book of Acts, we're just looking at one book of the Bible today, we hear all over this book people communicating to others whose lives... upside down in a dangerous sort of way listen there is a God who made everything around us and that God has a plan to save mankind look at the next chapter Acts chapter 3 and verse 18 what is that plan just a, a couple of basic points that we can draw out of that well Jesus is the fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies. God told us about that plan long before Jesus ever stepped on the scene. God gave a a fingerprint of the one who was going to come. This is how it's put by Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 3 and verse 18 as he's standing in Jerusalem he says what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer listen he thus fulfilled God had a plan that involved sending his own son why well In Acts chapter 20, we hear the Apostle Paul preaching now in in Asia Minor. And we listen carefully to what he says in Acts 20, verse 24. I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself. I, I have found something that is bigger than me. Something, listen to this, that is worth spending my life on. This is bigger than weekend recreational plans. This is bigger than tent making in Paul's case. This is bigger than working and working and working and storing up a lot of money so that I can really take it easy on the back nine of life. This has become my life, Paul says. And it's worth it. I don't account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry, this, this work of service that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to. And there are lots of things that he could say next. But when he wanted these people in Asia Minor to understand what God's plan was really all about, the word that he used was Grace. You have a creator who has made all of these things all around you. And for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years he was working on this plan to ultimately send his son with an offer of grace. And now, here is Paul in Athens, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. Your creator, my creator, their creator 2,000 years ago. And if this world stands, everybody's creator then is calling people, inviting people, encouraging, even commanding. Does he have the right to do that? Well, he's he's my creator. He's the one who's given me this day. And so Paul even goes into Athens where people didn't know this God. and, And he tells them in verse 30 the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands. He commands all people he commands all people everywhere to turn. Why? Why repent? Because his plan has been fulfilled. This plan, number two, this news about this plan is Christ-centered. Why Why now? Paul as he stands in Athens why why are you saying now this has been fulfilled now God is, is calling everywhere commanding all people to repent because his Christ has come his son has walked among us he has offered the sacrifice necessary for a holy God to extend grace Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, Acts 8 verse 35. We we referenced it just a moment ago, but I'd love to read the entire verse with you. Here is Philip, a believer, who has come across an Ethiopian eunuch. And the eunuch has questions. He's reading an, an ancient prophecy and he doesn't know who this prophecy is about. Notice Luke's language carefully with me. In Acts chapter 8 verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Lots of things that Philip could talk about. I mean, he he could go back and he could talk all about the Old Testament. He could talk all about that sacrificial system at the tabernacle and then the temple. I mean, the Ethiopian eunuch had been up in Jerusalem to worship. Philip could talk to him about how God has said the world is going to end. He could talk with this eunuch about morality, the things that he he undoubtedly had done wrong at times and things that he needed to do right and all of those things in one way or another are addressed in Scripture but if there was one word that this news was about it was it was grace And it's even better than just this abstract theoretical idea. It is grace with a face that that people could see and touch. They could hear what he said. They, They could see what he did. This news was centered on Christ, And we hear about it in a variety of ways in this big history book that Luke is recording for us. We hear about the good life of Jesus. Peter in the city of Caesarea talks about how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Peter preached in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, pointing people to the miracles that confirmed this message. Miracles empowered by God. Paul, or Philip, in Acts chapter 8, we referenced earlier what he Shared with that eunuch. There was a scripture that this eunuch was reading that confused him. Here here is that, that passage from Isaiah in Acts chapter 8 verse 32 and 33. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? This is news about someone's life. Someone who lived a good life. Someone who was able to work miracles to confirm his incredible claims. But someone who graciously sacrificed his life for the sins of others. As Darren drew our attention to in our observance of the Lord's Supper. That wasn't the end of this news that someone good died. It's news that someone was good. Good to the point that he was able to serve as a sacrifice for sins. But he came out of the grave. How do we know he's the Son of God? We read Romans 1. Here's Acts 17, verse 31. This is the man whom our Creator has appointed. And of his identity, our Creator has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. The book of Acts is all about news pointing people to an awareness of the full revelation of who has walked among us. You have your bulletin this morning? You might turn it back to the front of that bulletin. And I want you just to look at this list that we have. Who is Jesus? If he lived so long ago, Why is he worthy of my attention, your devotion this week? Why have we gathered in the name of someone that we've never seen or heard or touched? Who is this? Well, the Bible offers all sorts of answers. We're just considering Acts this morning. Look at that list. Jesus is Lord of all. What did these people share about Jesus? He's the one who knows the hearts of all. Present tense. Present company included. He is the one attested by God with mighty works, wonders, and signs. He is the Son of Man exalted at the right hand of God. He is the Christ, the Lord's anointed one. Over and over and over again this news was, listen, he is the holy and righteous one. He's the author of life whom God raised from the dead. M- many builders have rejected him, but he has become God's cornerstone. He's God's holy servant, leader, Savior, to give repentance and forgiveness of sins. He is the Son of God, appointed by God to judge the living and the dead. He is the one to whom all the prophets bear witness the long-awaited royal heir of David. He's the liberator of enslaved lawbreakers. He's aware of and keenly sensitive to his people's persecution. He's the provider of a place for the sanctified. He is the first Not the last, simply the first to rise from the dead. He is the proclaimer of light to all. This news was all about grace with a face. And before we're done, if we're going to give this news... The full scope of the attention that it demands. Listen. Point number three. This news demands a decision of men and women everywhere. Not all news is like that. This is not like news that you heard a few days ago. Hey listen. Down in New Albany there's Harvest Homecoming. There's corn dogs and there's barbecue and there's pumpkin everything you can go down and get a pumpkin donut if you want and you hear that news and well uh, that, that sounds kind of interesting I might go, listen, whether you go down there or not really doesn't matter in the grand <laughs> scheme of things you hear that news, you make a choice you move on, no big deal you go down, you eat barbecue, no big deal good for you have pumpkin everything Wonderful. Take it or leave it. This news, it's not like that. This news, whether I choose to listen to it or not, makes me make a decision. Open your Bibles back to Acts chapter 2 if you've turned away. Acts chapter 2 verse 36. What sort of a decision are we talking about? Well, it confronts me right smack dab in the face. Do I believe this? This news is all about my creator has a plan to save me from my sins. This isn't just a, you know... An unfortunate stain that I have on my favorite shirt this is a stain on my soul that no amount of money or accomplishments or good works that I do can wash away but I'm hearing this news that that God walked among us and gave his life for my sins What am I going to do with that? Especially if he's commanding me to turn. Do I believe what God is telling me about Jesus of Nazareth? That's the fork in the road that people in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 were led to. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for Certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Listen, if he is the Lord of all, I can't just decide to ignore that and be immune to that claim. Either he's Lord of all, including me, or I'm going to choose to bank my life on the fact that it's all a lie. And what these people could not get past is, his grave is empty. And it's not just empty, but for 40 days he was walking around. Appearing to individuals and small groups and hundreds of people at the same time. What am I going to do with that? Do I believe that he's the Lord? Number two, turning in your Bibles to the next chapter, Acts chapter 3. Am I willing, remember what the Creator is commanding me to do now that His plan has been fulfilled. Am I willing to turn? God has this plan of grace. Am I willing to turn? Acts chapter 3. Peter preaches what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer. He thus fulfilled. So what? Well, here's the so what. It's time to turn. Turn back. Turn away from sins that have turned your life upside down. Turn to the God who is able to turn your life Right side up that your sins, what amazing news, your sins can be blotted out. Paul and Barnabas in Iconium preached, we bring you good news that you should turn from vain things to serve a living God. The God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea. And all that is in them. Am I willing to do that? Back in Acts chapter 2. This news demands a decision of men and women everywhere. Will I be baptized in his name for the forgiveness of my sins? That, that's what is preached. In the very First post-resurrection sermon. Turn, Acts 2:38, repent, turn to this gracious God who has fulfilled his plan and be baptized in Jesus' name. Every one of you. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. And the God who has enacted this incredible plan will give you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how Saul of Tarsus' life is turned right side up. Because someone came and asked him, why do you wait? Turn, rise, be baptized and wash away your sins. Calling on his name. Go with me quickly to Acts chapter 8. This news demands a decision of men and women everywhere. Do I believe God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ? Am I willing to turn to my gracious creator? Will I be baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of my sins? And then I want all of us, especially, to listen right here. Will I live... As a subject of the true king you cannot read the book of Acts and not get if you're paying attention the news that Jesus was not simply a sacrifice for my past he is my king in the present my only hope for the future And so, notice the language. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. In Samaria, they believed Philip as he preached good news. What was that good news about? There is a king. You're not him. Herod's not him. Caesar's not him. It is the kingdom of God. In Ephesus... Paul reasoned and persuaded about the kingdom of God. He goes all the way to Rome proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord. Jesus. The one anointed by God himself. If you take one thing away from our time together this morning if you're a disciple of jesus if if you're not a disciple of jesus the one thing you need to take away is do i believe this news about who jesus is am i willing to turn am i willing willing and and ready to be baptized in his name for the forgiveness of my sins the the vast majority of people in this room adults have Have done that. And so if you take one thing away this morning, here's what I hope you carry. You have a king. You are his subject. Let's live like citizens of his kingdom this week. But we wouldn't be here this morning. Most of us wouldn't know each other this morning if someone hadn't shared this news with us. I love how Luke ends this entire book In Acts chapter 28, here is Paul proclaiming the kingdom boldly and without hindrance sharing, Jesus is Lord of all. And then it just stops. And for a long time, that kind of puzzled me, especially as an amateur writer like That sure doesn't seem to be rounded off very well. That that, that seems to be somewhat of an abrupt conclusion to what we have as 28 chapters of acts of, of believers in Jesus. And it's just my theory, but could it be that Luke ends like that because he knew the mission didn't stop? in Rome with Paul. In a very real sense, you and I are living in Acts 29. Someone shared the news with us. I want you to imagine, scary, as as horrifying as it would be, let's just imagine that Sometime this week, you're driving on some dark rural road around here, clouds up in the sky, so not much starlight, not much moonlight, and you come up on a turn that's a little sharper than you thought, and you start to lose control of your vehicle, and your left tire gets in a ditch just the wrong way, and you flip your car, and you're lying there completely helpless. You can't get out. And eventually someone comes along and they see your car. And they come running and they bend down and here you are suspended by your seatbelt upside down. And, and they say, it's, I know how to get you out of here. There's good news. And, and for some reason you tell them, you know what? I've got this. It's all good. I'm just going to stay right where I am. There's not one person in this room that would do that. Could I encourage you to see this morning through the lens of that is the lie sin tells you. Tells me. It turns our lives into a wreck. It hurts us and the people around us, and we end up upside down. And the tragic thing is, we buy the lie that that's the good life. That's that's the way it ought to be. That's the way free-thinking, independent, strong people in the 21st century are. Nobody's going to tell me I'm upside down. I'm fine just where I am. Meanwhile, the house, the car of my life is burning down around me. Could I challenge you this morning? We we used the phrase a couple of times. Could I challenge you to realize that it is Jesus who comes along and is able to turn our lives right side up? So we're going to stand and sing an invitation song. And if you realize... You may have even come in this room thinking you had it all together. But if God has helped you see through His Word this morning that in fact you're upside down, in critical spiritual condition, this is the Lord's invitation. Because He and only He can turn your life right side up. If you're a disciple this morning and could use some prayers... That's why we're here. If you're a disciple this morning, as we sing this invitation song, could I encourage you to envision someone in your life that needs to hear this news this week? Let's share it. Let's sing together. If you need help, would you come to the front while we stand and sing?